Welcome, everybody, Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm back with Evan and Donald. And we are here with Mark Salino. From, and we want to welcome him to our channel. Mark, you're here from, uh, you have your own website. So if you want, just give us a quick background of what, uh, what, you, what your site's about. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm the founder and CEO of StatementGames.com. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's, a, it's, it's easy as that, www.StatementGames.com. Um, if you're more of an app person, you can actually find this in your favorite app store by simply searching on Statement Games Fantasy Sports. We've kind of invented a different form of DFS or fantasy sports. I'll give you kind of like a quick little rundown, but basically this game that I've invented here, it's actually a family original concept. I've been playing it with my uh, brother and, and my dad probably since like, you know, the early 90s. What we do as a company is we, uh, you know, we create games around specific sporting events. So, for example, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. People who want to play a game here, we present them with a list of anywhere between 50 to 60 different props as it relates to that Yankees-Red Sox game. Um, and, uh, you know, you basically, you know, take a look at the list of props like uh, Cole over under eight and a half strikeouts, Red Sox over under five and a half hits for the game. Um, the Yankees will or will not record a save during like the game here. You take a look at the list, you pick 10 of them, you rank them in order of confidence from 10 through one as the game plays out. If your number 10 pick comes correct, you get 10 points. If nine through one are incorrect, well, now you just have a total of 10 points. You'll play in a league of anywhere between eight to 12 people and the person with the most points uh, wins. It's a free to play platform. We're not a gambling site. The people within our community compete for what we call statement games, coins or virtual credits. You'll win coins by finishing either the first, second or third in any contest that you actually play in. And then there's a whole reward section. So ultimately you want to take the coins that you win and exchange it for a cash reward of your choice. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a better understanding of who we are and how statement games is positioned in the uh, fantasy sports space. All right, that's, that's all I said. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah. I played it. Just to learn a little bit more about it, because <laughs> I was always very anti-fantasy. Because I always had the impression that with fantasy sports, it created so many different additional stats to what we all grew up with. Mm -hmm. That you need, almost need to be a mathematician to keep up with how everything is calculated. And it made the game boring. You know, I'd rather watch the, watch with my eyes. It doesn't matter to me if he can get, you know, if an outfielder can get to a ball in an extra, you know, step and a half. You know, if he's not, you know, if he doesn't play with any passion where he's not diving for the ball, then, you know, he, it's kind of a, a, a misled number with some of these statistics. Do you feel that like that's an argument that you hear often? Uh, absolutely, and, and, and that's kind of like in a lot of ways as, as to you know how I took this family originating concept and turned it into like a little business of like my own here. I'm kind of like you know, in the same camp that you are here. A lot of like the traditional fantasy stuff here, it, it turns me off. I'm a Yankee fan. I mean, I can tell you a lot of things that are taking place kind of with my team here, but to you know really take a look at analytics and stats on what an outfielder is doing out in Seattle, I, I just don't like you know have a lot of time to to do that. So I, I kind of feel exactly what you actually just said here. A lot of the traditional stuff here, when you're taking a look at stats here, it deters or it takes away from the game that I'm most interested in. Truth be told, when the Yankees are on, I'm interested in watching like the Yankees. I don't really kind of, you know, care or nor do I have the time to pay attention to, you know, what the outfielders are doing out in San Francisco or what the third baseman is doing in, in San Diego. It, I, I agree that that type of stuff here takes away from – 
the fundamentals and the basics of the beauty of watching a baseball game from kind of, kind of start to finish and, and locking into that game with uh, with interest. You know, Evan, do you, you know, one of the things that's brought up a lot is when it comes to fantasy sports, that it took away from the foundation of the game being small ball. Do you, do you see that that, you know, the, the fantasy numbers and stats created that? I mean, certainly in the American League, you could probably say that because the strikeouts went up significantly. And depending on what league you're in, you get negative points for strikeouts. So, um, you know, I I used to play fantasy all the time and I got really put off by two things. I got put off by how personal it gets with the people that you're playing. I think they take it way too seriously, especially the commissioner thinking he's like Rob Manfred and stuff, rejecting every damn trade. Um, but when it comes to analytics and stats like that, yeah, it's become too much because there's now a stat for everything, but they're irrelevant stats. Like you said, I want to watch the game and see my team win. So I could care less that Judge hits a home run um, 500 feet and the launch angle is this. Did we win the game or did we lose the game? Because if we lost the game, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Donald, what do you think? Well, first of all, can I say, uh, Mark, your website sounds great, man. I have to check that out. That was really cool. <laughs> it's a cool site. It sounds very, very cool. Um, I, in terms of fantasy, I'm a, a big uh, fantasy football fan. But uh, in terms of baseball, um, I only really watch the Yankees. And, and, I, and, I, and the game is, uh, is, is the baseball is such that it's so engrossing. Like, you need to be fully focused on that everything that happens, you know, and um, I don't think I have the time to, to follow in Seattle and whatever, uh, yeah. enough to, to do fantasy sport in terms of baseball. But, but, uh, but no, I'm a, I have a committed uh, fantasy football fan. I think I can just sit and watch uh, end zone, you know, and I have all the screens and watch all that stuff. But baseball, I'm just purely Yankees all the way, and I don't really have time for the other teams. <laughs> yeah, which is why fantasy isn't the best for people like us because honestly, I probably I I always I always do like ten leagues and I always pick at least one team where I only pick Yankees. Well that's not gonna <laughs> yeah. win you a fantasy. <laughs> any other team. I can't watch any other team in baseball. I can yeah, watch. like I don't wanna pick players that are on the Red Sox because I hate them and now mm. I gotta root for them to do well so I can win a fantasy season <laughs> and get twenty five dollar gift card somewhere. It's yeah. stupid. <laughs> so you know, to, to piggyback what, what Evan and Donald were saying, uh, Mark, I want to ask you, do you see in, in – you know, your site's a little different because you, you focus more on team production rather than individual, which is what makes your site very intriguing to me. But in other fantasy sites, it's very – based on individual. So – you're more likely to root for a player rather than a team. You know, so if your favorite player gets traded from the Yankees to Cleveland, now you're, you know, now you're following Cleveland because you want to see how your player is doing that you're going to, you can hopefully make a profit over if you win your league. You know, do you see that that could be, that that's damaging to the game or does it broaden the education of players throughout. Well, I, I, I'm looking at it from two different kinds of perspectives here. So from, uh, 
from a league perspective, um, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, good because you're marketing your players here and you're exposing your brand to, or different elements of your brand uh, to a different type of a baseball fan here. But when you, you know, take a look at what's actually going on right now. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the upcoming weeks here, but I'm pretty much like, you know, banking on a situation where I just don't think there's going to be fans in stadiums for at least almost like that first half of the baseball season. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a team, as an organization, what are you doing as an organization to keep fans engaged with the product that you're putting out in the field? And in that particular regard here, I think fantasy baseball from a traditional perspective hurts. It hurts the individual team. It might be kind of like, you know, better for like, you know, the brand here, but you know, when you're kind of like, you know, fighting for dollars and you're trying to generate revenue here, you need eyeballs on your product and the broadness of traditional fantasy baseball, I think, or I feel takes away from that. Um, so I, I, in a long way here to, to answer your question here, um, it's, I think it can kind of be a little bit more harmful um, than actual good from a yeah. overall league perspective, individual, I'm sorry, it would hurt from an individual team perspective, but from a, you know, just general like baseball stuff here, it's uh, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the information for most players is only a click away. You know, you can go on baseball reference, you know, and you look up all these different stats. But sometimes, you know, you see some of these numbers and you you can't even figure out how they even came, you know, how they came up with this number. You know, I think if they gave more of a a little education to some people that of how they come up, you know, how they calculate war and, you know, whatever some of these stats, F, whatever, whatever. I can't remember the name of the stat. You know, so the fielding stat. And, um, they say I really don't pay attention to them, so I don't know a lot of them. And I don't really – I try to learn, but I just like forget it. So there's too much math. You know, I'm, I want to – That's it. It's, it's math. And you're just watching the game, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do homework. <laughs> you know, I finished school. <laughs> you know, I think it really is – it's not helping – the kids get into the game, you know, because they, they, the, in our age group, it helps, you know, because we already, the game already captured us, but it's not capturing the younger fans. Well, here's the question for you, Robert. Yeah. Why is it that fantasy football does capture the youth, but baseball can't seem to do it? Well, I think baseball really has an identity crisis with the generations. You know, they don't market well. That's my thing. And we've talked about it before. You know, you have your, you have your, one of your best players in the league and Mike Trout. Nobody's staying up on the East Coast till 11 o'clock at night to watch. You know, where in football, it's all done in the afternoon on the weekends. It's, you know, they play once a week. So it's easier for kids to make time to watch these those games, which is why, Mark, in a previous episode, we had brought up different ways that baseball can help market to, to a younger fan. Sure. One of the things we had said was have all the, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, when they're the only sport going on, have more game, more afternoon games broadcast and televised. You know, even if it's on the uh, West Coast, so you would have your East Coast teams 
play. Like start at like twelve one o'clock. Have your 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 central teams start at two, and the West Coast start at four, and all the teams play on the weekends at that time. I think that would help market some of the teams out on di in different time zones. You think that's a that's a logical idea? No, I, I like it. I also like the idea of maybe kind of like you know bringing back you know double headers like on Sunday as well. Um, I also think and kind of like to bring back you know Evans' point where you guys point with regards to like you know football. I mean football, the sixteen games, it's almost like a sense of urgency to watch your kind of like you know team play, given that it's uh, it's only sixteen you know times over the course of the season, and um, it's it's one game kind of like in a week here. Um, there's not a lot of sense of urgency with regular season, kind of like, you know, baseball. I mean, there's, there's always kind of like the sense, all right, you know what, well, all right, I'm not going to catch it today, but I'll catch it kind of like tomorrow because they play every single day. I think if you shortened up like the season a little bit, had a, like a little bit more of a focus on uh, regional kind of like, you know, rivalries and things like that, um, like Yankees, Mets, Yankees, kind of like, you know, Red Sox, like, you know, even more of like those games, it builds up that, uh, that interest level and that sense of urgency. And I think you attract, you know, more fans kind of like, you know, that way. But, um, you know, when you're, I don't know, a team like Kansas City and you're 25 games under the 500, it's the 31st of July, and there's another half of the season to go here. Like, what are you really doing to create that sense of urgency or to, yeah. you know, get people, you know, locked in or to stay with the product that you're putting out in the field? I mean, th those are the challenges I think baseball has as opposed to some of the other sports. Yeah. You know, another way that they can better market and bring revenue in and we had said this before, and I had a, another episode uh, that I recorded earlier today, and we brought up with the MLB expanding their network and televising minor league games. And the interest, you know, they'll see, you know, a kid might see the game on TV and they'll want to go to the ballpark, you know, and that'll bring more money into the minor league programs that might give the teams more revenue to expand promotions. You know, is, that, is that also something that you think would help? Yeah, I, I, I think it would help. I think, uh, I think it's kind of like a great idea. Um, again, I'm in the camp where baseball plays too much here. So if I look at it from a perspective of, you know, whether it's, you know, Monday or Tuesday, you want to call them off days or travel days or something like that here, just kind of like, you know, shut it down and, and let the uh, the AAA or, or some of like the key you know minor league kind of you know teams and the young stars take uh, go front and center. Yeah. Um. As far now to get back with with fantasy baseball or um. With all these with players that get rest you know rest days, you know how does that affect a business like yours? With with players getting getting rest days, yeah, you know, players that that are sat down for a game or two, because that you know they've already played. They, you know you can, you can't play seven days in a row anymore. Correct. Uh, yeah. Does that affect your business? Sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. Here, so if there's a, um, it's a challenge. It's even a bigger challenge from an NBA perspective right now. Um, you know, as we can like record this here, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, marketing that went into the statement games promotion of, um, 
um, I guess I can say this, it, it, it was today's Boston Celtics versus a Miami, Miami Heat game here. Game was canceled because of you know, COVID. So it definitely kind of could hurt my business because of, you know, page views not being generated and things like that. And from a baseball perspective, you can kind of you know, say the same thing here. If you're marketing a Red Sox-Yankees game, and uh, it's game one of like the series and, you know, you got these matchups and then, you know, maybe two hours before the game or, you know, a couple of hours before the game, you find out that, you know, judges it in the lineup here that kind of like, you know, deters or takes away from like the interest, you know, leading up to like now that game. So you have to be on top of like the data constantly, you know, take a look, you know, injury reports, potentially, you know, lineup cuts coming in here. Because if you're not on top of that one, you can actually affect the integrity of the game by putting in stats and players and things like that, that aren't going to have any effect in the game at all because they're not actually playing. You're giving somebody a bad user experience potentially, which yeah. ultimately, you know, hurts your business from a, you know, page view generation in the long run. So yeah, you got to be on top of that stuff from, 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 from go. Yeah, you know, I think you know one way to address that and, and keep the players healthy is you know sh shortening the season. You know, baseball, yeah, maybe going back to you know if they were if they could see you know even if they took away you know twelve games and went to a hundred and fifty game season, you know, but allowed the expanded playoffs as much as it felt watered down this past year. You know, because everybody, it seemed like everybody was getting in. You know, there's got to be, you know, I think if they shortened the season or maybe added, uh, uh, you know, added around, having, you know, the wild card series go back to three games instead of the one. You know, I think that's something that would help fantasy sports because it'll be more, you know, the players will be more accessible on the, on the field to play rather than sitting on the bench because they already played too many times. Yeah, I think they need to not only shorten the season a bit, I think 12 games is a great idea, but like Mark said, they should have designated off days for all of baseball. So Monday, Tuesday, something like that, where it's an automatic uh, reset and rest anyway. Because if you're doing that, then you don't have to actually rest the players and then yeah. the fans and everyone aren't going to complain because they're not missing games anymore. Um, and I think they would keep them healthy. I think it's almost ridiculous sometimes where I, I think we had like an 18-game stretch this year where it was every day and we had like one travel day or something. That's too yeah. much. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. You know, it also would help uh, attendance in the stadiums. Um, exactly. If they're yep. uh, last games. And, uh, you know, it's a really good idea about scheduled off days too because, I mean, you saw when uh, – I think Gleyber Torres came off the, uh, the the IL. Um, he was rested and rested for consecutive days. So I mean, if you're a fantasy baseball fan or even just a fan and you want to see Gleyber Torres, you don't even know if he's going to be playing. You know, yeah. and if there's a if they you know shorten the games, uh, sorry, sorry, not shorten the games, but um, shorten the number of games in the season and uh, schedule off days, and then I think there'll be better chance for for fans, younger fans who are committed to certain players and want to see them uh, to actually go and pay to go and see them uh, live in person. And I think, I think that's a big thing because attendance goes down. I mean, if there's 162 days games and, um, you know, it, it's such a long season, it's really hard to, to, to you know, for, for a lot of families to continue to, especially for the Yankees, it's expensive. 
um, to, to sell out for a lot of games, you know. So I think I think I think we should uh, shorten the season for sure. And plus, I think nothing's worse than waiting all day for a 7 p.m. game. You're all excited, and then at 5 p.m. they tell you, "Oh, Judge isn't playing tonight." Yeah, <laughs> always do it two hours before the game. That's yeah, it's always a concern of mine. I'm all, you know, I'm on the I'm on the train from White Plains to the, to the stadium. I'm thinking, is Judge gonna play? I don't know. I mean, is Boone gonna pull a fast one and and play? Yep. You know what I mean? It really messes up. It's yeah. always a worry, you know? Well, it's like I think the NBA just put a rule in this year with the um, load management where they – not a rule, but I think they strongly urged the teams not to rest the star players at the home games. Mm. I don't know if anybody else heard about that. Uh, I, I think you're kind of like you're right here. My understanding was that uh, definitely, you know, nationally televised games – Unless okay, there's like I don't know, like you know, forty-eight hours or some type of. Hey, look, if a guy's hurt, he's hurt. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Which is, I guess, the gray area, which is what any particular team can capitalize on as well. You know what he's sitting because he's got a hangnail. I mean, who who the hell are you to tell me and my medical staff that the guy's going to go not hurt? But I think they're. I think you're right. It's 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 home games, and they're also kind of like you know, encouraging the. Uh, you know, ESPN or the TNT kind of like, you know games. Anything that's nationally televised is frowned upon if you're just resting players because you know they're they're just looking for a day off yeah yeah and i if you think about you know it's 162 games you know you got you know 30 teams you know and if you're somebody like myself or or evan or pretty much all of us that don't just watch or listen to the yankee games we're watching other teams as well you know, that's a lot of baseball that's being watched and listened to over a course of an MLB season. So I think, you know, Evan's onto something with that, with having a set off day where there are no games being played. You know, and I think the one way you shorten the season is eliminating the uh, the interleague play. I, I think it's kind of, you know, easy. just look, don't play any baseball games in March. I mean, there's, there's no need for it. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, if the, if there's an opportunity or a forecast of snow on the ground here, just push the freaking season back, like you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't need to be kind of like you know watching kind of like you know baseball. Um, I mean, I think you know, I, I think May first is like you know a great kind of like, you know day for uh, the start of the baseball season. For the most part, you come to an end with the um, basketball wait, wait, wait. and, and hockey kind of like you know season. It's a uh, uh, you're coming up on Memorial Day, you know, weekend. I mean, what's the problem? You just just go through May, and uh, you know, get this thing kind of kind of started at the end of like September as well. You know, October playoff baseball. That's it. Don't put it into November or anything like that. Let's. Uh, I mean, basketball and hockey are long seasons, and they play half the schedule of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> See, Not I, May though. Jackie Robinson Day is my birthday, April 15th. All right. That's a good thing. <laughs> I actually would go in the other direction. I would have baseball wrapped up before October 1st. I agree. Because you lose a lot of viewers once football starts because baseball can't compete with the NFL as far as ratings go on TV. So you're fighting, you're fighting yourself, playing in colder weather, you know, and – just if they were able to have figure out how to shorten the season and have at the end of September it's over. 
I think that would help. I mean, it starts even before March because they have pitchers and catchers coming, yeah. and then they have spring training, and then they have the first month of the season, and then that goes on forever, and then they have the playoffs that go to November. It's like, so we're only not playing baseball in two months of the year, December and January? That's it? Coming into what, the second full week of January, I mean, I think pitchers and catchers report in three and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah it's, it's insane. The second weekend of February or something yeah. like that? Spring training officially starts about five weeks here. Pitchers and catchers about a week and a half, two weeks earlier. Yeah, and literally only three free agents have signed this entire winter, and there's been four trades. So. Yeah. You know, expand spring training where pitchers and catchers and the fielders all report at the same time and have opening day on April 15th. Done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we just – we just solved the world's problems. They should stick us we in the political here. We yeah. get the world straightened out in two seconds. Yeah, World we just baseball, guys. Uh, yeah. This is pretty much what we've done here is we, we figure out how to solve all of baseball's problems, the Yankees' problems, but nobody listens. <laughs> yeah, it's a real man for Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, we we already figured out how to make you know the Yankees and Lemayu happy at the same time, but you know, yeah. and that's why. I, look, I I think even if you started like you know on April fifteenth, and I I I used to love doubleheaders. I don't know why I'm so fixated on it here, but if you started on you know the fifteenth, um, if you want to sneak in a couple extra games here, you know, double up on, on Saturday or Sunday, and yeah. you know, yeah. kind of like you know, go from there. Sunday doubleheader off on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, if you yeah, Sunday's a doubleheaders and that set off day is a Monday. Yeah, so not, not a, a seven inning. I don't like the seven inning. No, no seven inning doubleheader. No, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. dumb. That's I did not like that at all. No. It's like just when the game is getting good, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think yeah, we did screwed us too because the Yankees were notorious for scoring all the runs in the eighth inning last year. <laughs> Yeah, we have like nine games that we won in the eighth inning or later or more. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think, yeah, we had the we we looked up the numbers for 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 one of the episodes, but it, it was ridiculous how many runs they scored in the eighth and ninth inning, and then with the double head is just when the, you know the offense starts to warm up, they end the game. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't benefit us at all. No, because we like to tee off on the underbelly of their. Other teams bullpen. Yeah, we so always struggle yeah, with the starters. We have no <laughs> idea what to do with their starters. But once, once we hit their bullpen, that's when we can start hitting them. But when the seventh inning, we're like, oh shit, we run out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I thought that a lot of teams, not just the Yankees with those double headers, felt like they were rushing the game. You know, they, they were at, you know, they didn't have the natural pace that they've played their entire life. Hmm. And I, I think that if, they got to tread lightly with that because it can lead to injury. Yeah, so they, they really have to get rid of that seven-inning double at it. Yeah, I just thought it was stupid. It was stupid. Yeah. I know they were, you know, MLB wanted to get as many games as, you know, they would. 2020 was just very strange year for everybody, it's not long. just baseball. You know, so, but now they need to right the ship and get back to what they what they usually do. And that's mining in games. Oh, yeah. 
I'll tell you what, well, I didn't like it at first though, but I, I it, it kind of grew on me with that extra inning stuff starting a runner on second base. What do you think about that stuff? Oh, oh come on, on. Very I like it, man. I like it. Oh, <laughs> maybe we started on the eleventh. <laughs> maybe if we started in the eleventh inning, maybe if we had one inning where it was normal. All right, okay, all right, I, I can I can get inning. into that, but. You know, what, I would make that. I would make that compromise. You know what I mean? We don't want it to go on for like twenty innings because it does affect other games for the rest of the week. But uh, I think it should be a runner at first. Runner at first? No, but I, yeah, yeah, why not? It's so stupid. They always score that runner on second base, dude. It's so annoying. And then you go to the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth inning anyway. You know how many games we saw go to eighteenth inning last year? They didn't do a goddamn thing That's to, a good to point. speed up the well, this game. Is because we can't hit runners in scoring position. That's because there's no more small ball. Yeah. That's the eleventh inning idea that you had, Donald. I, I think that is something. I think that would be a good compromise. I think it's a compromise. Yeah. So he was solving all of that baseball's problems right here. <laughs> In one half hour, we've solved everything. <laughs> we've got the more revenue. We've got the game back to normal. We figured out how to keep players healthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we got revenue coming to the minor leagues. You know. <laughs> We're marketing the game better. We're getting more exposure for the fans. Hmm. So it's, it's, This was a great episode. Mark, I really want to thank you again. And anybody that's watching, click the link below in the description box. It's mission sta uh, statement. What is it called? Statement. Statementgames.com is the website. Yeah, statementgames.com. The link is in the description below. Mark, thanks again for joining us. We hope you had a good time and good luck with, appreciate with, it. Your, with your website. And from everybody, yankeechronicles.com. Mm -hmm. Just want to hope everybody enjoys their week. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye. Bye, guys. Later.